Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome in, Ambassador Francis Rooney, to The Dawn Show. It's great to have you here this morning. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. So what's your answer, and I'll ask you, you know, in light of last night's breaking news that we there was a lot of, you know, during the evening newscast, people were going to look at the vote last night, talking about the debt ceiling. And with the backdrop of the debt ceiling and the back and forth on that, you know, I know that you've talked a lot about getting control of inflation, inflation and our economy. So take me through it as you saw in real time, you know, last night, we talk about the breaking news. Can you give us some perspective well, I think there's a little more show to that than substance, given the fact that the Senate's never going to pass that. Yeah. And uh, and that's a problem with the House of Representatives on both ideologies, Democrat and Republican. They keep passing all these things that the Senate never picks up. They, the Senate acted on less than 10% of all the bills that happened while I was a congressman. And so you got to wonder if they couldn't use their time more productively somehow. Well, and to your point, even when a week ago they passed the legislation for girls and women's rights in sports, we knew, of course, that what they're doing, my take on that is they're making it the record. This is what Republicans want. It's all about the upcoming 2024 election and a partisan situation, even though as conservatives, conservatives may love all of this, but in truth, are they really working to get things done? Maybe nothing gets done. Nothing gets done until 2024. Is that what we can, you know, glean from that? Well, I don't think anything that we like is going to happen until we get new president. Yeah, amen to that. So take me through it as as you think about for you looking at. I know it's it's easy for all of us. I'm kind of an armchair, you know, quarterback, I guess. But when you think about inflation and the economy. Take us through what you think we need to do. Well, it's real easy. We need to cut spending. Yeah. And it would be really helpful to cut some of these entitlement programs as well. But the question is, what can be accomplished politically? You know, the first two years I was up there, we had all three branches of government as Republicans, Paul Ryan, the Speaker, and we spent as much per day as the Obama administration was. Republicans. And they spent a half a billion dollars bailing out the mine workers' pension and medical plans. Things like that. And, you know, really every president since Clinton has been a profligate spender. Bush doubled what Clinton did. A lot of it was the war. Uh, Obama doubled what Bush did. A lot of it was social programs. Uh, Trump spent more than Obama in one term. 
And then now Biden's uh, outspent Trump in one term. I mean, it's just crazy. It's We're spinning ourselves into perdition. I mean, I will say during the Trump era starting, I mean, we... I would look at I would split the Trump, you know, presidency in two and say, look at the first half and then look at once the pandemic hit. And I think Biden can can could say for the, at least the first part, you know, we, we were in a pandemic. So part of that spending was was the pandemic, right? Yeah. I mean, hindsight, a lot of the things that they did, yeah. a lot of the spending they did for the pandemic was inefficient a lot of waste and fraud, and really wasn't needed. I know several people who got that smaller companies, like subcontractors that we work with in our construction company, that got that PPP money, and all it did was ruin their company. It made, they expanded, and they took on customers they couldn't take care of, and now they're paying a price. That's well put. You know, I know that uh, you represented you know, Florida. What do you make of all of this with uh, DeSantis, Disney, Nikki Haley using it as a talk point i mean you've talked a lot about florida's ecology and economy and i had actually tweeted out i think last night or yesterday at some point when nikki haley you know in a clever she's campaigning right so she made that little clever twist on when she was being interviewed and said oh well disney you're welcome to come in south carolina you know we'd love a business like you somebody immediately returned my text and said oh that would be horrible for the environment it was rhetorical and obviously, she's trying to prove that she's open, more open to, to businesses in the free market. Well, you know, Disney's a little off the reservation with what they were doing. I don't, think, I don't think CEOs can have it both ways, okay? And I am one. I think you either pay attention to your shareholders in your business and keep your mouth shut about a lot of other stuff and keep your personal opinions to your personal opinions, not try to translate it into the, the company position, or... You step out there like like the Disney guys did, and you take, pay the price. Yeah, and I, I had worked down there earlier in my television career for Wink TV, this little CBS station in Fort Myers, Florida, and my journey oh, of oh, – you, know, pay, you yeah, know, know Wink, right? Oh, yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> so I've, it's funny. I worked down there, and I got half my family lives down in Naples and Fort Myers, so I got everybody to love it there. And now, you know, now I'm Philadelphia for most of my adult life, but – uh, I love Florida, and we think about the environment, the economy. Take me through, because you're somebody who you believe there's a middle ground as far as talking about protecting the environment, because I know that's something near and dear to you. Take me through what you are doing, Francis Rooney, as somebody who says Republicans need to embrace the future with protecting you know, the climate and anti-pollution and all of that, and get on board with that. Can you tell me yeah. your philosophy you know, on that? Yeah, if you go back in history, you know, it was Republicans have been the original conservationists and environmentalists, going back to Theodore Roosevelt, uh, uh, Reagan. Uh, Nixon started the EPA. Both of the Bushes and Reagan expanded the Clean Air Act. Remember, Mr. Bush Sr., 41, had the acid rain thing up yeah. in Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, so we have a record of being involved in the environment. Uh, it's just that recently the Republican Party has gotten so ideologically rigid that they don't seem to be able to, to look at any problem other than just through that very strict, narrow, conservative ideological lens. That anything you spend money on to tax, except they do spend money all the time, and uh, they, they can't get their arms around climate change because they're afraid they're going to get criticized for it. 
And, you know, you don't have to argue about whether man's doing it or it's a cycle. It could be both, but it's happening. That's the problem. Glacier melt is higher than it's ever been. That poses real risk for sea level rise. There's more measured acid in the water than there used to be because of CO2. That's making coral die, fish die. Um, we have polluted water all over the place. I mean, Florida, the Gulf of Mexico is yeah. like a half waste site now. Yeah, with the red tide. And that's something in our region that's a huge story because we have the situation now where Republicans have rallied, Republicans in Pennsylvania as well as uh, New Jersey and in, on the East Coast, Republicans are rallying around uh, av- environmental advocates who've been around for decades. Why? Because of this massive wind turbine project that's right right off the Jersey Shore as well as East Coast shore points from New York all the way up through what, uh, you know, Maryland and the Carolinas and so on. And so I've noticed that. You're right, that we now have Republicans joining in saying these turbines are industrializing the the ocean floor, essentially all these whales and dolphins washing mm-hmm. ashore. So it is interesting to see the flip-flop that's happening. But you see this as something that more Republicans need to need to embrace. Yeah, I think our, our, our team has had a hard time coming to terms with the climate-related issues, and I don't understand why not. The, the proof's pretty clear about what's happening out there. Again, you don't have to get into the discussion of who's causing it, uh, man or cycles, but it's probably a little bit of both. Yeah. But, you know, like in Florida, as you know, uh, 80% of Floridians voted in a, a constitutional um, convention amendment not to ban offshore drilling in the eastern Gulf of Mexico. And uh, 20 years ago, or 16, 18 years ago, you know, President Bush and Jeb got uh, the offshore drilling, drilling ban put in place from a line south of Destin that, that goes, uh, it lasted for like 15 years or something, and it expired in 2017. That's why I worked hard to get it extended for another 10 years, which we got done. Yeah, to me, I think it's important, too, and I think it's okay. I think part of it is that conservatives are triggered by when you hear the terms, you know, climate change, or and I think clean air, clean water, just focus on that and stop with all the nonsense of the terminology. And I think you're right. Sometimes it's just a matter of the terminology. But I agree with well, you on that one. The uh, Fortune 500 CEO and board supports a carbon tax as the logical way to hasten the, the exit of coal from the energy portfolio and replace it with natural gas, which is a lot cleaner. And my proposal was that we use some of the money that would be generated from it to retrain the workers in Pennsylvania and West Virginia and Ohio who are going to suffer from the lack of coal. Because coal is going away anyway in the United States. It's just a matter of time. Mm -hmm. Why not make money from a carbon tax and, and basically effectively let the energy industry pay to retrain the workers? It seems like, it, you know, so simple and like common sense. But unfortunately, I also think there are so many billions of dollars, and that's the turbine project. They say it'll be the size of three Grand Canyons going in. Three. It's unprecedented. So just so much money out there. Um, and there's not enough transparency. I'd seen one of your one of your tweets that you at some point had put out talking about the Pentagon, talking about China amassing all of the, you know, the greater weapons capability, expanding its military footprint around the world it's something that none of us talk about enough sometimes we're talking about the day-to-day and 
people are triggered by, you know, the pronouns and so on and so forth. Not that those aren't important issues for schools, but can you take us through your concerns on a, on a global viewpoint, a global map as far as what's happening in our world? Yeah. The, the world is changing right before our feet. You know, the Cold War ended and we were the only country left standing, and now that's changed again. And now we have a very potent rival in China who has very strong hegemonic ad, uh, ambitions. And they're trying to build relationships in Africa and Latin America, other parts of the less developed world, uh, India, Pakistan. They've got a refueling base in Gwadar, Pakistan, and in Sri Lanka. And, and I don't think that we have shown that we have the brains or strength to take them on. You know, we have an $800 billion defense budget. That's half of what the entire world spends on defense. But we couldn't even figure out how to build any more ships out of it. Too, many, you, too much of it's going for pronouns and things like that. The other thing is uh, uh, AEI, the American Enterprise Institute, which is a, a very well-respected think tank, uh, wrote a report that about 20% of the defense budget doesn't even contribute to military readiness. It's just politics. You know, we have these bases scattered all over the place that aren't where they need to be. I mean, do you think China has any military installations that aren't exactly what they need? Not satisfying some congressman somewhere? Yeah. No, it's it's concerning for, you know, for me as a mom of teenage boys, and I look around and it's scary. And not so long ago, we were in this time of peace and prosperity, and the 401ks were looking great. And so on so many levels, these are the concerns that I certainly live with and I think millions of Americans live with. You know, I wanted to ask you, um, Ambassador Rooney, one thing. Now, this is a while ago, back in November of 2022, a different time. But the headline for Meet the Press, you had uh, told Chuck Todd, the host there, the world has moved beyond Trump, um, referring to, obviously, former President Trump. Do you still feel that way? And what what did you mean by that comment that NBC loves, you know, those headlines? Well, until... Uh until that guy in New York sued Trump, he was continuing to go down in the polls. Yes. And I think people were looking at Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley, Glenn Youngkin at all, and saying, wow, there's other people that can do good conservative things without all the baggage of Trump, election denying, January 6th, etc. But uh, his polling seems to have firmed up now because his base is seriously irritated by the fact that they sued him. Yes. And that was a pretty clever strategy of the Democrats, because it's pretty clear now the Democrats want to run against Trump. So what do you think is the so you think, Alvin Bragg, that that was designed by Democrats, that this this whole thing is just a big show and and we all got played? Well, I think we got played. I don't know if it was a show uh, or if it's Alvin Bragg just doing that to make a name for himself, but uh, it's a pretty flimsy case. And uh an abuse of prosecutorial discretion. But either way, the effect of it has been to shore Trump up. And and I think the Democratic strategists will do all they can do to see Trump get the nomination, that they think they can take him easier than any of those other nation people. Francis Rooney, what, do you, what would you hope, if you had your druthers and you could set the course and give the GOP advice, also giving, because this audience here, we have a huge audience, um, you know, is listening, but mostly conservative, but we have a lot of, you know, a lot of independents and a lot of moderate Democrats. 
So mm-hmm. what's your, if you had your druthers and you could just advise people to think about something as you look toward 2024, what advice do you have? Well, remember that at the end of Clinton's second term, 26% of congressional districts were considered highly partisan. Now it's like 80. Mm-hmm. So one thing I would do is I would somehow get the states to stop gerrymandering districts and have every district be, you know, R or D plus two or three at the most so that they're competitive in the general election, not just the primary. Maybe that ranked choice voting is a, one part of the solution. I don't know that much about it. The other thing I would do is I would put in term limits. You know, the founders never really expected to have a political class over here. And, in fact, that's part of what the revolution was fought to not, to not have. And now we got it. We got these guys that are in there for 50 years. They can't get beat because the incumbency is so strong. And uh, um, I just don't think that brings enough new ideas and turnover and freshness to our uh, government innovation to our government and then the other thing i would do is i'd return the fairness doctrine which requires media when they talk about public policy issues to show both sides yeah yeah i would i would agree with that you know they throw in campaign reform campaign finance reform too you know when george bush's second term i was on his finance team our budget was 164 million dollars i think more than that was spent on that senate race in pennsylvania (laughs) <laughs> I think you're right. Man, that was contentious. And media got involved. You know, that was Sean Hannity, right, with, with Trump involved. Mm-hmm. And that, I think it's all about local politics. You know, I, I wanted to end by asking you about faith. As as a mom, my husband and I, we talk a lot about making sure that we go to church on Sunday, that we raise our children with with a strong faith. And as somebody in the media seen in my career that we have less and less faith that's being profiled in in the news and in media, which is sad to me. But your book, The Global Vatican, you were taking an inside look at the church, the Catholic Church and world politics. I just wonder what your viewpoint now is as we see this this mass, you know, immigration coming in through the, the southern border. And my friends, you know, who, who are there working under the FEMA umbrella, a lot of them, you know, military or that sort of thing, and they say, Dawn, so many of the people are coming in with their Bible and their rosary, and these are people who are Catholic. They are people of faith. And Well, those Hispanics are very religious. Yes. Do you think that'll change the landscape in a way that maybe uh, the Biden administration doesn't realize? Well, it certainly can't it, it can't go anywhere but up, because, I mean, <laughs> religion has been under frontal attack for years and years by the secularists, and they're trying to, the same people that want to tell you what your kids are going to learn in school and not have any voice in it, and tell you what you've got to put on the back of a peanut butter jar so people know what's in it, (laughs) and calories and stuff, are are going to, uh, they're trying to take away the authority of states and have the federal government continue to expand, and and that means secularization and less religion. They've been attacking, the, the, the liberals attack religion all the time. Yeah, it's sad to me. It really is. And the only, maybe there's hope in the fact that most, I can tell you, most teenagers and even college kids, they don't get their news from the traditional sites for sure. Well, yeah. you know, I, I really appreciate, I do, I appreciate your insights and you give us that historical perspective, which I love. But Ambassador Francis Rooney, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me on. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.